When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. This is the uh, the Cardiff City Stroke Championship show, where we talk all things championship, all things Cardiff, a bit of everything, what to do. There's not a great deal going on, but we've got some stuff nonetheless. There's always little bits to talk about, so we'll have a chat. If you've got any questions, if you've got anything particular you want us to talk, want to talk about, whether it's Cardiff-related, football-related, whatever it may be, let us know, let me know, and uh, we'll get it done. Quick 45-minute show today, because uh, i got some stuff to do. But, uh, yeah, loads of stuff coming up, wicked stuff as well. Um, so Saturday, uh, we've got a new episode of My Story coming out with um, Welsh boxer, viral sensation, Brandon Scott. Um, even if you don't follow boxing or you just, like, you would have seen clips of him, Dressed as Spider-Man doing his workout at uh, his last fight. Um, Eddie Hearn bloody loves him. But uh, it was a really, really interesting show. He's got Tourette's. We talked that. We talked boxing. We talked a bit of everything. Really, really genuinely uh, enjoyable show to, to 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 record on that. And uh, Brandon was a pleasure for a young man. He got his head screwed on real good. And... Um, what else have we got? I've got a new series. Got a new series coming soon, which is different to everything we've ever done before. Um, starting very soon in the coming weeks. It's um, it's not podcast related. It's not. It is YouTube content, but it's not. It is football content, but it's not like anything I've done. Anything. It's uh, it's exciting. It's going to be uh, very different. So we'll see how uh, how people like that. See how it goes. But I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, it kind of goes into my ethos of uh, support local, support local businesses, support local teams, support local content creators, podcasters, you know, whatever it may be. Support local artists, sportsmen, whatever it may be. So please do check them out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell so you get notifications every time we put a new video out and stuff like that. Uh, If you want to become a member, support the channel even more for the price of a cup of coffee. You can uh, you get all sorts of free content, including a, uh, a live show every Monday. Patreon.com slash Ace Podcast Nation keeps the lights on, as it were. Um, so what do you guys want to talk about? What stories have taken your eye this week? Uh, welcome, one and all. I think Cardiff got friendly on Saturday down uh, the bond, but I think. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Like I see a lot of football fans on social media from all different clubs, Cardiff, United, Liverpool, whoever it may be. Like, and people are they're getting frustrated, or oh, we haven't made any signings, we haven't done this. It's very, very early days. And yes, look, you know, teams are back and they're gonna be going on their preseason tours and the rest of it. So, of course, ideally you want your signings in, and when you see other clubs making signings, you're kind of like 
you know, what the hell? Like, why are we not doing anything? But I'm sure that there's people working behind the scenes at Cardiff and all these other football clubs to try and get stuff done. Um, but in the Championship, I mean, there's been a few really interesting uh, contract extensions, not being extended, sales. Tom Ince has gone from uh, Reading to Watford on a two-year deal. I think that's a really good move for Watford. Tom Ince, I think, sometimes doesn't always kind of um, show how very he, like he's so talented he's so good he's had a great a good career could it have been great not sure we'll see um but harry winks has gone not nearly gone to leicester for 10 million mate i gotta say like right to me like harry winks is a good footballer 10 million is a lot of money like I'd, I'd be interested. I, I I think he went on loan in the championship. I'm gonna have a look at that. See what is what is what he was like when he played in the championship on loan, because he's one of them. Like he always looks all right, but I never like think. Well, and then when I watch him, I never like wow, he's incredible. But then maybe that's the type of player you need in the championship. Hard working, defensive midfielder. Um, obviously got a couple of England caps. He's been at um he's on loan he's been on, on loan at Sampdoria last year. So you know he's a good player. Um it's just you know he thought he'd gone to a championship club when he was younger, but he hasn't for the looks of it. Can't find it anyway. Um so that'd be interesting. Obviously he's had made twenty appearances in uh, in Italy. Um so he's had a you know, he's had a pretty good season in terms of games played and stuff. So it'd be very interesting to see like how he does in the championship because I think um, the championship is brutal. Two games a week, it's very quick. And I think sometimes Premier League players come down and they think it's going to be easy. Like they just think they're going to crack on and, you know, away we go. Yeah, no problem. But uh, actually, I think some of them don't always translate, but we'll see. Uh, Reese says lack of movement, not in regards to incomings but outgoings. No idea if Mark Harris has re signed or is leaving. No idea, have I missed it? Same with Bagan. I think they announced Bagan had left, I think, but I don't know. Jonathan Davis though says, uh, Bagan and Harris been offered new deals, nothing signed as at the moment, as far as I'm aware. Uh, Harris has other options, not seen anyone linked to Bagan. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's uh, a couple of clubs sniffing about Mark Harris to be honest like I think whilst I think it's the right probably the right decision to let him go from a Cardiff point of view if they need to move on and and I think they need to there's other players which take priority in terms of the young players like Isaac Davis and and Colwell and people like this they got to get players in as well so you've also got to make room for those players um I do think Mark Harris will have no problem finding a club. I don't know if it'll be a championship club, but I definitely could see him playing League One. And look, if he goes and plays in League One and scores a bag full of goals, gets a load of assists, then good, you know, show what you can do if you play week in, week out, is what I would say. If I was advising him, whether he stays at Cardiff or he goes elsewhere, is go somewhere where you're going to play, play week in, week out, and show what you can do as a footballer. Because I think the one problem which Cardiff and other clubs have with these academy players is they're, they're giving them like five, ten minutes here and there. And I know Mark Harris has played probably 
a lot more than Ruben Colwell did last season. But it's very difficult generally for academy players to make an impact and show what they can do and substitute appearances and stuff like that. They need to start, don't they? Um, the Fisherman says, uh, Evening, what do you think of City uh, playing TNS and Pennebont in preseason friendlies? Um, I think there's two sides to look at it. So one side to look at it is it's good for the people of those areas. It's good for those clubs. I think it it will hopefully bring in if they're if they're away fixtures for like for Cardiff is away. Like hopefully you expect big crowds and things like that. So it can help those clubs a lot, and there can be a bit of buzz and stuff like that. But I would argue that playing like Welsh league sides, is that the best preparation for the championship when you're coming off the back of a not great season, you've got a new manager? I don't know. They tend to play in these types of games. They do tend to play like fringe players and young players and stuff. Whether that will change, you don't know, with a new manager. Uh, Matthew Angel says, what's your thoughts on the preseason fixtures for Cardiff so far, which they've named so far? Uh, surely we have more than the three announced. Yeah, they've got to have. They must have more than what they've announced. It would be incredible, incredible short-sightedness to not have more than that. So I think, um, you know, they'll just, they'll, it'll be what it is, like, you know. Um, but yeah, if I was the only three, that would be worrying, wouldn't it? Because like I said, the worry I have is the preparation because they will not set you up for the championship season. Uh, Reese has got no issues with preseason friendlies against Welsh Premier League teams like TNS. It's all about easing into the 90 minutes at the moment. The level of opposition will increase as the fitness does. Yeah, and I think that's it. And I think it helps those clubs to have Cardiff come into them. So I can see it for both ways. But like Matthew said, if they were the only fixtures, you'd be worried. Jonathan Davis says Blackburn and Stoke uh, have both been linked to Mark Harris. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, because Blackburn have been there or thereabouts for the last few seasons now with the playoffs and kind of not quite been able to get over the line. Do you think, like, would Mark Harris be, like, would a fringe player from Cardiff be the difference between them just sort of missing out go playoffs to, I don't know, I don't think so. But, you never know, do you? Like, a, a different manager uh, playing week in, week out, you never know what these different manager can do, different coaching set up, different area, things like that. It can all change very quickly for the good or for bad. Um, my ultimate thing is, is similar to what I've been saying about Ruben Corwell is they've got to play like the age they're at now they've got Isaac Davis the same these boys they've got to play week in week out so if they're not going to play for Cardiff week in week out send them on loan so that they can just play because that's how you're going to really show what you can do that's how you're going to get better the rest of it so yeah for me it's, it's more I'm sure there'll be more pre-season fixtures and there'll be a, some sort of tour as well. Um, the, like these two coming up, like Will says there, it's for the kids, for the people, uh, local area and stuff. Uh, Jonathan Davis said, Balu uh, basically said in the interview he wanted to play some Welsh League teams to take a look at the younger players. Uh, he saw first team players in videos, but knows nothing about the younger players. And yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. Like whenever they, like, they played Tapswell before, they always play like the younger players. Maybe if you've got some players coming back from long-term injuries, you might have them a look. But 
it's a new manager and let's be honest like he's, he's coming over from turkey you'd, you'd imagine he knows he would have known little to nothing about anyone outside of the first you know first team squad he's just not going to know anything about so he needs to have a look at them and hopefully some of these boys who are not going to play can get out on loan to league one league two non-league welsh league depending on where they are in their own development and, and ages and stuff most important thing is to play can't stress that enough now these these boys got to play uh reese says sure pre-season usually starts in july mid-july is when the first friendlies are usually played so i think we're starting early best way to get match fit is to play games yeah 100 percent. like it doesn't matter how much pre-season training you do fitness training technical training like it can be good to work on the technical plans the tactical side of things set pieces all you know especially if they're gonna change the formation and stuff like that pre-season is great for that but ultimately no matter how many like fitness tests and bleed tests and running you do playing matches is just different so you have to get those games under your belt in pre-season to be ready like you you've got to be that first league game in the season you've got to hit the ground running you've got to be ready and going because make no mistake there'll be a lot of teams in that championship especially the experienced ones who they know if you get off to a good start it's half the battle like the first 10 games in the championship season if you can get off to a really good start because you're playing twice a week the momentum is incredible you go like you see teams go on these mad runs and then you've got some big teams coming down leicester southampton i'd expect both of them to be very good so it's going to be um yeah it's going to be interesting um <clears throat> reese says how does the international transfers work i read that's why we're so keen on sending youngsters to the welsh premier league instead of the instead of england due to international transfers i'm not 100 sure on that mate um someone asked about jesse lingard's comments on saudi arabia i don't know who it was so i apologize whoever you were rather uh jesse lingard making comments about saudi is the new place to be and he hasn't ruled out a move even though no club out there has been linked to him so it's the thing right like i talked about this a little bit the other night is there's two ways it can go really for me like generally speaking is you could have it like what happened with the china league whereby they threw a shitload of money at it. They had all these investors who were like paying and signing these big name players. And then after a couple of years, they realized like it was just hemorrhaging millions, if not billions. And they had to change it and bring in like wage caps and, and more restrictions to try and manage it because it was just unattainable. The difference with the Middle East and Saudi is I was talking to someone the other day. There's so much money. They've got so much money it is literally like a bottomless pit so like i saw um a report about a guy who was supposed to be buying united and they were saying oh he's only worth one point only only worth like 1.7 billion his personal value but like these guys they don't declare their their value and their wealth and their businesses and their their finances whereas sir jim ratcliffe obviously through ineos and things like that does so you've got a generally speaking better idea of what he's worth like all these um sheikhs and the guys in saudi arabia and qatar and the rest of it they've got so much money if saudi arabia keep 
throwing money at people, signings, people will come because there's too much money to turn down. And it'll like it started off with like Ronaldo and Benzema and that, and then you get like the Koulibaly and people like this. And then more will start. It's when they start signing players who are in their mid twenties and have got the options to go to like massive clubs, like the biggest clubs around, and they're choosing to go out to Saudi. Now, I wouldn't criticize anyone for going to get the bag, set up their family and their kids for life. My kind of objection to it, or like frustration with it, I guess, is if you're play, if you're a top Premier League player. All right, let's use Jesse Lingard, right, as an example. I think he's 28 off the top of my head, something like that, 28, 29, right? He's been playing in the Premier League since he was a teenager. He's played for United, West Ham, Forest, whatever. He is he is a multi-millionaire, especially with his other projects of clothing and all the rest of it. He's a multi-millionaire. He could give up playing football tomorrow and never have to work a day in his life again, and his kids would probably never have to work either. It's like, how much money do you need? But... Jesse Lingard's also 29. If you look at it from his point of view, he's leaving Forest. He's on a free. Who else? Like, who's in for him? Let's say, let's say, I don't know. Um, there's a couple of championship clubs, maybe some lower league, Premier League clubs. They're in for him. Does he want to be in a relegation fight or does he want to go and live in Saudi? 29, got a few years left. It is what it is, isn't it? It, it just is what it is. If they, but, but basically what I was going to say is if in a couple of years they do what China did and kind of pull everything back, then it won't end up being much more than what it is now. But if they continue to fund all these signings, all these teams, all these players and people keep coming, they will end up being like one of the top sort of five leagues in the world and stuff like that. They just will. It's just a fact. Like at the moment, it's not, but it will if they keep putting that much money. Um, and it's when those players who could go to Madrid or United or whoever choose to go to Saudi instead and they're at their peak. I think that's when there's a problem. When you're signing the Ronaldos, the Benzema's, the Koulibaly's, these guys who are, you know, 30 plus and. I don't see the problem with that necessarily, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jonathan Davis says, uh, Balut has pulled as many back early as he could to try and take a good look at the players, get an idea of what he needs as well, um, and get the best fitness possible fitness for the players he wants. It's, it's pretty smart, yeah. I think, um, and the, like he, Balut had to do that because, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, he probably didn't know very much about many, many, many of the players, so he needed to get them all in to have a look at them. Also got the bonus of them being back early and they'll be fitter come the season start. But he also needs to make signings where however we can try and make them. He's got to make those signings, loans, freeze, whatever. But you can't make those signings until you know what you want. And I think, as I've said a few times recently, as a manager, he's going to live and die by the results. So... If he's going to live and die by the results and potentially be sacked after X amount of games because he's lost a few, he needs to have his players in. The only way he can get his players in is right. You either you just sign the players you want, which Cardiff probably haven't got the budget and financial thing to do. They can't just sign a load of players and then try and move players out. So he's got to have a look at what he's got and see if there's you know who's he fancy, who's he doesn't, and kind of go from there. So I do. I think he's made. 
as good a start as he can in terms of what he's trying to do. However, unfortunately, the longer you leave it, the free transfers go, the 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 top loan players go, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's kind of one of them where you've got to you got to weigh it up, I guess. Um, but I've seen a, a few kind of like write-ups of people previewing the championship season saying Cardiff might be dark horses because people seem to really like the manager. Um, as someone you know who follows Cardiff, I would say, as as things stand, like in you, things can change with signings and stuff like that. But as, with the squad we have now, we'll be fighting relegation again. Doesn't matter who the manager is because the squad's not good enough. All the better play, I would say the majority of the better players last year have kind of gone back on loan. The likes of Caber and Kipra, you know, they've gone. Like, there's a couple who are still there who did all right, but we need some genuinely quality players. We need some people to do, need, to, need some goals, we need some creativity, we need some pace, we need some bite. Um, let's have a look. Will says uh, the issue with the Saudi league is. No one outside Saudi Arabia will watch the league. Irrelevant who's playing there. But I think that even, like, there will be some people, like, these days, I think more than ever with social media, there's there's people who don't support clubs, which I know for us guys and traditional or, or guys who've been following football for so many years is weird. But there's, there's, there's people and there's social media accounts with millions of followers who are just dedicated to one player. Like they follow that player, like Ronaldo or Messi or Griezmann, all these different people, Pogba, like, and they will watch wherever those players go. And they will. So when like Pogba went to United, you had a load of Pogba fans supported United for a couple of years. Same with Ronaldo. And, you know, they'll just go to club to club. Now, I know, I get it. You know, they're not the match going fans and, and stuff like that. But I think you will get, there'll be an, in, like this year or this next season now. More people than ever from the UK, for instance, will watch that a few of those Saudi games in the Saudi league just out of interest to see Ronaldo and Benzema and and Koulibaly and the rest of them just to see you know what's what's the standard like and if uh, you know if a Lingard goes there or, or or other British players go there but you know there'll be an interest um, and you know there's like I'm sure a lot of Welsh fans like Kelly's just said there now like. You know, people will watch for Bale, say. You know, watch Madrid games that I wouldn't have watched previously. Um, so it's like, there is, I think there's something there. I, I agree with you to a certain point that regardless, well, like, people won't watch it. But I think when you break it down, more people will watch the Saudi League this year just from Ronaldo and, and Benzema and the rest of it. And then if they keep bringing those players in and they start bringing in players who, you know, at their peak, more people will watch as natural. Um, but I think it'll take time at the moment. Like things, again, can change, can't they? If all the top players start going there because they want the money. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, some of the prices, by the way, for some of these players are absolute madness. I mean, the Chelsea keeper's gone there as well. I mean, Mendy... Um, Chelsea is selling half their squad to the, the Saudi thing. Kante's gone, Koulibaly, Mendy. Like, these are first-team players. So it's, uh, it is a bit weird. Um, and kind of watching, like, 
when I'm watching this the, the championship at the moment and I'm just kind of looking at who's making signings and who's who's doing stuff. There's not loads of signings going on at the moment in the championship. Like Preston have just released um, Daniel Johnson, John, Daniel Johnson, and Josh Anoma, um, two midfielders. I think fairly decent. Like Daniel Johnson's thirty, but like he's really you know he's experienced, experienced footballer. Um, that Anoma used to play for Spurs. He's only twenty six. He came in in a short-term deal in January, made 13 appearances. So I'm not saying like Cardiff should sign either one. I'm just saying there's players out there who are available on a free. But then, and I quite like Daniel Johnson. And uh, like Reese says there, he's quite eager and I pass. He's good set pieces. But like, Will, um, Will Ballou, fancy these players. Will Ballou go for proven championship quality, which I think there is several free transfers who were worth a punt in that regard, or will he go more with players who he knows and he trusts from Turkey or from Europe and try and bring them in? It's going to be really interesting because I think, and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of the time the championship teams which do well are the ones who make the clever signings. They've got some, you know, good players obviously but they bring in like a proven championship striker who scored goals before or a, a winger or a creative player or a defender whoever but they're proven at that level they've done it in the championship and they've done it to a high level so it's kind of interesting to see where these all these players go the ones who are being dropped because i think there's loads of free play free freeze out there at the moment Sunderland signed a PSV defender. Burnley signed someone from West Brom. That was an interesting one. So Dara O'Shea has gone from West Brom to Burnley, which I think, at least as it stands on paper, I think that means Kipri stays at West Brom this year. And look, the way he played for Cardiff last year, I think he deserves to, to stay. Um, I don't think Cardiff are going to sign anyone anytime soon. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if... It all depends on how familiar... Like, it, So here's, there's, there's kind of two aspects to it, I guess. So Balu is either going to go with what he knows personally or has he got a team of people both within the club who are already there, like the transfer committee, and then his own people who he trusts enough that where they go, right, this guy's really good technically, he's this, he's that, he's been proven in the championship, he's on a free, we think he would be a good sign-in. Will he trust them enough to do that? Because it, ultimately his job depends on it. Or will he go with, no, I want these players because I know they can do this, I trust them, I'm familiar with them, etc., etc. It's going to be tricky because um, it's hard, you just don't know. Like, question is, like Reese says, question is, will Baleo even be aware of some of these players and their quality and these championship players. It all depends how proven he is, uh, sorry, how familiar he is with the championship generally. Because if you've, if he watch, if he's like a fan of the championship, he might be aware of the quality of some of these players. But if he's not familiar with the championship and he's only really familiar with the sort of Premier League and, and whatnot, then he's it's natural that he's going to go with more 
players that he's familiar with from Turkey, from Europe. It is what it is. Like, he might bring in a few players from Turkey and everyone will be like, oh, I'm not sure about that or who's that or whatever. And they could be quality. You just don't know. Like, And you never know what any manager is going to get out of any player. So I will be fascinated to see what he can get out of the players which are already there, especially, you know, Ruben Corwell, who hasn't done great over the last couple of seasons. Isaac Davis, who's coming back from injuries and stuff like that. Like, can he get the best out of them? Can he improve them? Can he make them better players and then fulfil their potential? It's going to be really, really interesting. Um, Will says, don't think we're going to sign anyone we've heard of, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's loads of quality players abroad that we've never heard of. Reese says, I don't trust Dalman in the board. Wouldn't be surprised if we miss out on a few targets because of them being slow to act um, and we'll end up with whatever's left. Hopefully, Baloo can work with that. Uh, Jonathan Davis says, there seems to be loggerheads already in the club. Baloo has his own targets and the transfer committee have theirs, as Dalman has already admitted. Um, and I think uh, Baloo will be more what he knows, which is the foreign market. Yeah, and look, it's... Let's be honest, right? Declan Rice is going for £105 million from West Ham to Arsenal. I guarantee you I could find you a midfielder in Europe or South America who would be better than Declan Rice. Better as a defensive midfielder, better as an eight, better, just a better all-round midfielder and he'd probably cost you between 5 million and 30. It's outrageous. The amount of prices that, that get paid for English players or British players is absolutely just out of this way. It's crazy. Like, even like, like Mason Mount, got a year left on his contract, has had one of the worst seasons of his career through injury and stuff like that. And Chelsea were asking like 70, 80 million. Just, and, he wants, and he wants to go to the point where he's pretty much handed in everything but a transfer request. It's crazy to me. Um, I do apologise. I would not look at my phone normally, um, but my son is waiting for a taxi, so I just got to keep half an eye on that. Uh, so there we go. Um, indeed. Uh, Garen Cole says, according to Darman a month ago, um, we are excited with the players that we're bringing in. Supposedly, they've already got a few lined up. Or is that just another load of blaster coming from him once again to get people uh, to get their season tickets? I mean, I would wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of that, like trying to get people to get their season tickets. However, I also think you got to bear in mind that a lot of contracts run out on the in you know in this week, basically the end of June. So, say for instance, Aaron Ramsey. I don't know when his contract's up, but maybe his contract winds up. You know, at the end of June, 1st of July or start of July, you might start to see some announcements if you're signing freeze. Um, and like you see now, last couple of days, a couple of the freeze have been snapped up 30th of June. Uh, Kelly says Aaron Ramsey's contract's up, so it's not even up yet. So they, he can't, they can't announce him. They can't sign him because his contract's not up. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it is what it is. Will says Declan Rice moves like he was wearing a neck brace. Cannot get over how Man City and Arsenal are in for him. Well, I could tell you why Man City are in for him. Um, and I, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. In my opinion, this is, by the way. Um, 
I think I said this the other day. I think the reason Pep wants him is to play the John Stones, John Stones role that he played last year. And I think Declan Rice is absolutely perfect for that because of the role he played for West Ham. He was so deep. He was like a, almost like a half defender. So for that John Stones, Stones role, he'd be perfect. And then you put Stones on the right of the three who stay back in defence and it works very well for him. So I can see why they want him. But like people seem to be forgetting, like everyone's saying, oh, he's going to go to Arsenal and he's going to do bits and he's going to do this. He is so used to playing in his own half in front of the defence. Like Arsenal don't play like that. They play on the halfway line and he's going to have to do a lot more of his football under pressure being pressed in the opposing half. And I'm not 100% convinced that he's the player for that. Like he might go and do well. Good luck to him. But I don't think it's a guarantee. Um, and like Jonathan says, the English market has always been insanely overpriced. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I bet you, like, depending on what Cardiff were able to do in the transfer market, wouldn't be surprised if Baloo is able to go and get some players that some people have never heard of and they come over and we're like, wow, 100%. There's loads of quality players around Europe. Um, Reese says, the big eight, I'd say, wait for the rest of the league to do all the hard work, scouting, identifying and developing a player, and then they swoop in and just buy big. Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like, you look at United, they could have signed Haaland for four million, but the Solskjaer asked, him for, asked for him, and the Glazers or the people, Ed Woodward, whoever it was at the time, said, no, we'll, we'll save that four million for someone else and went and signed Lukaku or something. And then you've got, um, they could have signed Casado for like six million and they're going to try and sign him for 80. No, it's mental, mental. Uh, Jonathan says, Aaron Ramsey's a strain when keeps being linked, but his appearances qualified him for an automatic year extension. Yeah, I believe though um, that it's one of them extensions where it's got to be agreed, I think. So like, it's an option rather than an automatic year extension. I think I might be wrong, though. But um, no, he played quite a few games last year, which is encouraging. As I said, I don't want to repeat myself with regards to Aaron Ramsey. Is like if Cardiff sign him, great. I think he's a good signing. I think he can do real good things in that number ten position for us. I think is what we need: a bit of creativity and a bit of guile. But we've got to have two if we're assuming we're going to play like a four-two-three-one. And he's going to be the 10. The two need to be young and fit and athletic to be the legs because he hasn't got the legs anymore. So we've got to have proper players behind him. One who can pass the football and one who can do the donkey work and be the legs of the midfield. Otherwise, it's, we're just going to get overrun uh, massively. But we'll see, won't we? He's been talking. I saw he said the other day like he'd love it. He wants to play for Cardiff again before he retires. So, I mean, it does seem like all signs point to him coming, but we'll see, I guess, if the junior's contract's over, so we'll see what's what. Um, Reese says, 30th of June, however, we can announce the players have signed pre-agreements. Pre Most already come train with their new clubs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know, maybe, I'm, you know. I have no idea someone these players could be on holiday, stuff like that. It's just 
you just don't know until it's announced, I guess. Uh, Alex says, uh, Yakoe Mayday. Um, Will says, Mayday's a decent player. I'd be happy if we signed him. Yeah, there's players there. Uh, Jonathan Davis says, um, Ryan Wintle and Reno have got the legs. Yeah, I think possibly. I would question, oh, maybe Ramsey does it. The job i i would like to see someone i like wintle a lot i gotta say and i do like reno as well so i think i think i would like to see someone in there um maybe a norwood or even a, a daniel johnson someone who's can play that almost like a deep playmaker role but then also get up and down to support and and whatnot i think um i don't disagree with you mate at all um so let's have a look what else uh, yeah so going back to what i was initially saying about dara o'shea's gone to burnley obviously being promoted for seven million um it's a pretty good signing i think makes sense for both sides seven million is a good price he can play try and try his uh, thing in premier league football um and i think from west brom point of view kipri slots in there and you think there you go if i if like if i watched kipri last year playing for cardiff no way I'm sending him out on loan again this year. No way. Um, but you know, it depends. They've got a bit of money to spend now. Do they do they bring in another defender to replace O'Shea? Or do they go with Kip Ray and spend that money elsewhere in the squad? I don't, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. There was this weird thing though that um Dar O'Shea had a eight million release clause in his contract. But West Brom let him go for seven because they basically haven't got the parachute payments no more, which is mad, like, but really, when you think about it. But maybe they're trying to help the player out, I guess. Uh, Reese says, still think there's a few which could leave. I'd sell Olslop, Vontae Campbell, Waters to begin with. There's a few others we need to be dangling in the shop window. Yeah. And there's one thing I think Cardiff don't always do well is sell. They don't. I think there's players in that Cardiff squad as a whole, you know, on the fringes of the out, the first team squad, in players who went out on loan, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think there's players in that team who you could sell and loan and, and kind of move out of the squad who teams, whether it be from the Championship, League One, League One would be interested in taking. So then I just think, if that's the case, do it. But we just seem to be so slow doing everything. So, yeah, I, I, it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky, 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 tricky. Um, right, if you've got any questions, guys, get them in now, quick as you can. Um. Just taxi my son to make sure he's outside for his taxi. West Brom are in serious trouble, Risha, right there. The owner took money out of the club, missed multiple deadlines to repay it. Club had to take an emergency loan in January and sign agreements that the money wouldn't go to the owner. Yeah, it's worrying, mate. All these, fo these football club owners who were just rinsing the clubs. And then I just think if we're not careful... We're going to see some massive clubs going out of business over the next few years. I worry for I worry for um, for Wigan. I think they're in awful trouble. Um, it'd be such a shame if 
they can't get out of the financial trouble that they're in, I think it would be a real shame. And I am I feel for the fans most of all. Um Jonathan says uh what his confidence was destroyed by Morrison. I wouldn't sell Vonte either. Uh he's very fast, hell of a unit, and if we can get him in, he could be some players. And this is the thing, right? You never know. You could have players who um who like looked awful for us previously. But you put them in front of the right coach, and then suddenly they look like players. I mean, you only look at some of the Premier like look at what Arteta's done at Arsenal. Xhaka looks a different player. You look at United, Rashford looks ten times what he did the season before. Um Fred looks better. There's who was the other one who he they, he did something with? Aaron Wambasaka looked like he was done at United. And towards like the second half of the season, he was first choice right back. Like with the right manager, a player who looks doomed or looks like he's not good enough can suddenly look a hell of a difference. It's all down if the manager is able to improve these players and, and get the best out of them. Like Waters' confidence was destroyed. Uh, Jonathan said, "What is this confidence was destroyed by Morrison? Maybe Baliu can come in, give him confidence, and we'll see a different player. I don't know." Um, Redding also Garen says, "Yeah, these clubs, man, they they're in trouble, and um, I worry that we're going to see some big, big clubs going under over the next couple of years. Look at what Dave Jones did with Jay Bothroyd. There you go, good shout, Kelly. Like the right manager can suddenly." make an average-looking player becomes look something special. And then that same player will get their big move off the back of it, go to a different manager, and they never look the same player. It's just this weird conundrum of certain managers can get the best out of the players. Hopefully, Baloo can come in and... Uh, I'm excited because I think Ruben Corwell and Isaac Davis in particular, as two young players who've got so much potential and who we as Cardiff fans look at and think, you know, they've got something over the last few years. Like, these could be the next sort of big names to come from the academy. And it have not quite happened for one reason or another, injuries or playing time and stuff like that. But maybe he can get the best out of them. Maybe he will see what you can do, what they can do and get the best out of them. Um, Alex says that if Atete and Robinson can stay fit, they'll get 25 goals between them. Um, I like Robinson. I think he's really good. I'm not 100% convinced on Atete. I think he's shown good parts. I think he works really hard. I do like him. Um, I'm not convinced that he's going to score like loads of goals for us, though. But he reminds me a bit of Gestead. And I used to love Gestead. He was my... Rudy. Uh, Reese says, 22 years old, only played 10 competitive games at club level. His only appearance for us, I believe, resulted in a red card. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about there, mate. Sorry. Um, let see if I can... I don't you'll have to tell me. Um, Jonathan says, Zahore looked temporarily looked like he could play under Warnock. Yeah, I mean, look what's happened to him. Like he just doesn't look the same player. It's certain managers. Uh, Garang says, do not mess with the HMRC. Yeah, these clubs, they never learn. Uh, Vontae Campbell, because I got you, mate. Yeah, look, like you just don't know, mate, like what a manager can get. 22 is young. 
But to, I've only played 10 competitive games at club level at 22. To me, is a bit of a that's a bit of a red flag, like because he should have played 22, you should have played more than 10 competitive games. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, okay, um, I'm really sorry, guys, but uh, I'm gonna have to wrap this up now in a minute. Um, so I'll give you a couple of minutes to get uh, a few questions in. He played nine games for Dundee, one for us, yeah. It's, Let's have a look, Quante Campbell. Right back. Yeah, um, yeah. So, did he make any? He played. How many did he play for Leicester? One appearance for Leicester in the league uh, in the FA Cup fifth round against Brighton. Um, made an appearance, but then he made, like you said, nine for Dundee and one for Cardiff. You just don't know, mate. Like maybe you come good under the manager. Maybe you won't. It all dep- the manager. Like it doesn't matter who, which manager, what club you're at. Managers are under pressure to get results quickly. And what it will come down to is if he thinks Fonte Daly Campbell can be a player for him, he'll play him and he'll give him a chance. He hasn't got time to wait for a player to come good because if he loses eight, nine out of his first ten games, he'd be gone. So it's like, does he take a risk on players he's not sure on or may come good? Or does he get players in that he knows? So at least if he's going to get sacked, he's going to get sacked. Um, Geraint says, any plans for you and Andy to get back together again? Uh, Andy is coming on soon to do a show, uh, as is Super Care, both coming on in, over the summer. Um at the moment, there's no plans to bring the AC show back. However, um, obviously, Andy's left the Middlesbrough job, and that was the only reason we stopped, was because he went to be the manager of Middlesbrough Ladies. So maybe if he gets the bug again, we could bring it back as a Monday night show with guests. But um, obviously, that's entirely uh, it's up to Andy whether he, you know, he might catch the bug again. You never know. But um, I don't think people quite realised how time-consuming it is trying to get a different footballer on every single Monday for a live show. It takes up a lot of time. Um, and that was the reason like we couldn't keep he couldn't keep doing it because a lot of those guests, I would say 90% of those guests came from him, a couple from me. And he spent a lot of time trying to contact people and get them on and get them booked in and the rest of it whilst teaching and then doing the middle school ladies' job as well. It was just too much, so... It was what it was, but maybe I don't know. We'll have to. Me and Andy will have a chat, but he is coming on soon, and uh, Kev is as well. Um, Kev's coming on basically for one last super Kev unscripted to kind of say thanks, and then if we ever do when when we get around to doing the live show, like obviously Kev will be there. Um, Jonathan says the Whitnam testimonial is where I watched Vonte, decent runner, good tackler, strength. Just needs to work on his passing. Very raw. And yeah, and this is it though. Like, can a new manager wait for someone like Fonte Campbell to develop into what he might be? Because no manager's got time these days. Like, you lose a few games on the bounce, you're under pressure. Lose any more, you're done. Um, so it's 
yeah it is what it is will says even if uh even if you did a monthly guest show and then the rest was just you guys talking the championship yeah you never know mate um We'll uh, we'll have to see what's what. Uh, Alex says a he's got a lot more than Gestad. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. I just meant that he just reminds me of him because I think probably because he just like he works hard and he's quite big and tall. And I do like a Tete. I'm just not sure he's got the quality to go and get like 15, 20 goals in a season. But I hope he proves me wrong. Like it's not that I don't like him. It's just that I'm not sure he's up to the quality that we need to push on. If that makes sense. But uh, I do like it. I like his attitude and I like his work rate. And I like the fact that whether he starts or he's on the bench, he gives 100%. And he always, whenever he came off the bench, I always felt like he looked dangerous and he looked like he might make something happen. He made defenders panic and stuff like that. Like they're the players you kind of need off the bench as well because they they cause panic and they cause issues to the defenders, make defenders second guess themselves. So you, even if a defender's had a comfortable game, you can kind of, you know, just allow it. Um, okay. Let's have a look. What else we got? I'm going to ignore that about the, the prize race. Um, uh, Reese says, I think NG is too far ahead of him. Collins on the left. I think he needs to go out on loan at least for a bit. Yeah, maybe a short-term loan. I sometimes think that we don't do that enough as well. Like, it's always like a season-long loan or uh, like uh, whatever loan, like a long-term loan. Sometimes I think like a young player could just benefit by going somewhere for like three to six months, play as many games as possible, especially if you send them at like a busy part of the season. And then like they can come back and be in form because they've been playing instead of just being sat on the bench or getting five minutes here and there. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Right, my son's in his taxi. Sorry about that, guys. I apologise. Very unprofessional. Um, racist, you know, kids. Um, let's have a look. Jonathan says, Baloo's coaches are far more experienced than Morrison or Hudson and their coaches... Uh, where I think a lot of change, things could change this season won't definitely work, but we've got a better chance. Yeah, I think a lot of... Where this? So, I, when you look at the backroom staff that Steve Morrison had, for instance, Steve Morrison, not the most experienced manager himself. Mark Hudson, kind of an inex, inexperienced coach and, and manager. You know, he did a bit, but not that long ago it was he playing and I think it's um, there wasn't very many experienced coaches and I think coaches who've been doing it a long time can often give a, get a bit more out of players because they know little subtle tricks, little subtle things they can do to get the best out of players um, so it'll be interesting to see what the new manager and his coaching staff can get out with some of these players. You know, maybe he turns a Tete from a, a, a raw, dangerous-looking striker, someone who I think looks all right and good, or definitely offers something to the team, but I don't see him scoring loads of goals over a season. Maybe they can improve that. Um, 
Reese says it also. It seems all the coaches keep getting let go uh, when we bring new managers in, but we keep Tom uh, Ramasut. So Tom Ramasut, mate. Um, all I can tell you about Tom, um, I've never met him. I don't know him personally. Never spoken to him. Um, but every single person who I've ever spoken to him, um, from Derek Brazil to Mark Hudson to Darren Purse to all these different people I've spoken to, they all say the same thing. He's an absolute outstanding coach. And I think that's why he keeps getting kept on because he is so highly rated by people even outside of Cardiff that if Cardiff let him go, he would be snapped up instantly. Um, he's very, very highly rated. So I think that's why he keeps surviving. Um, Tommy Tornado, welcome back, my friends. Uh, says, can't have the Jacks doing the double again. It hurts too much yet. It's painful to watch. I've never... Uh, I've never turned off so many derbies before the game's finished as I have in recent years. I think even when I did a watch along, I ended it because I couldn't. It was painful. It's just embarrassing and just makes me want to bang my head against the window. Um, Alex says, true, I take a mid-table finish and a win over the Jacks this season. I would take a mid-table finish and just not having the double done let a draw will do um kelly says i would like to see ollie tanner step up uh, yeah i think there's something there with ollie tanner but it's like how how long do cardiff wait with these guys like like i obviously talked about recently um reuben corwell and i effectively said if he's going to be the backup to aaron ramsey then they should keep him assuming we sign Ramsey, because I think Ramsey's not going to play every single game. So you probably get, like, Ruben Corwell, if he stays fit, easily gets, like, 20 games, 20 starts in a season. I think that's a good amount to push on and show what he can do. If we're going to sign someone else or someone else from within the squad is going to be, like, the backup to Ramsey in that number 10 position, then loan Ruben Corwell out to someone where you speak to the people and you you speak to the team he's going to and they all but guarantee you that he's going to start week in week out because he needs to play and he needs to not be the guy not be the kid the bloke who's got a bit of potential to be something great he needs to show more than just potential and it's not all his fault there's game time there's injuries there's lots to go into it and i think tanner has shown enough but I don't know. I, it's, it's difficult, man. It's difficult because not everyone can play. Not everyone can, you know, do everything and stuff like that. Um, Reese says double with us both in the Welsh Cup. We could easily be do think, yeah, we could do the first triple. Oh my god, that's painful to think about. Um, Reese also said he thought uh, Tanner looked great in the under twenty threes and the wits testimonial. But then when Tanner went on loan to York, he couldn't get in their team. So yeah, does that come down to the like the manager again? Like can they, depending on who's the manager, can they get the best out of him? I'm not sure. Uh, well, she welcome my mate. Uh, he says uh, it's going to go very well uh, or very badly with Baloo. The only option really was foreign option. And I think at least we will get some players in. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his record, being at some big clubs, 
he's signed some like he's clearly got some really good contacts within the game and within Turkey particularly like he signed some big players but he also signed some kind of younger players who went on and did quite well so like if he does go like we discussed at the start would he go with championship proven on the advice of others or would he go with what he knows if he goes with what he knows I wouldn't blame him because he's his his neck on the line um but we might actually get some some bargains and we might find the odd diamonds so I think there's nothing wrong with that um he should use whatever it's the same as anyone isn't it if you if you go to a job or, or whatever like you're going to use whoever comes in as a manager for any club they're always going to use the contacts they've got and they're most familiar with and they're going to go with the people they trust whether that's as backroom staff or players they bring in that's why often you see certain players follow certain managers because the manager trusts them um so i'm really fascinated by what he's going to do and i kind of i'm hoping that he's going to do quite well but like I kind of do agree with you. I think it's going to go real bad or real good. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. Never is Ricard if it's either really shit or really good. Um, Tommy Tornado says, probably talked about this, but thoughts on the Welsh Cup entry. Uh, well, 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 well overdue. Um, I've said, I think I said last year and the year before that I thought that the Welsh FA was missing a trick by letting Cardiff and Swansea and maybe even Newport play their sort of under-23s in the Welsh Cup. Not Maybe not so much Newport, but but like certainly Cardiff and Swansea play their under-23s in the Welsh Cup. I think it gives the crowds to be better for those games and it gives those players an opportunity to play at a higher competitive level than, because under-23s is just a waste of time. Bring back the old reserve teams is what I say. Um... Jonathan says, I wouldn't read too much into Tanner's time at York. Simple reason is it's just hard for players to fit in if they're not good enough as if as it is if they're uh, too good to work. Fucking hell, can't read. Let's try that again, shall we? Jonathan says, I wouldn't read too much into Tanner at York. Simple reason is it's just ha- as hard for players to fit in uh, it, as it is if they're not good enough as it is if they're good to work in the team they're in. Yeah, and I, look, it could be anything, can't it? It could be the he maybe didn't settle in the area, so he was a bit wasn't really settling to it. Maybe he wasn't happy off the field. Maybe the manager didn't fancy him. It's just one of them things, which is why I said if Ruben Corwell or Isaac Davis and these guys, if they go on loan this year rather than staying with Cardiff, it's very important that Mehmet Dalman and the rest of the board and the people at the club. They speak to these clubs. They don't just farm them out on loan. They've got to make sure that if we're going to loan Ruben Corwell, for instance, right, he's got to go to a club that really wants him and is going to play him, not someone who's just looking to get some players in to make their squad stronger or bigger. Like, we, we've got to be responsible with it. Like, these players are rated so highly by the likes of Darren Purse and the rest of them who have seen them playing in a week-in, week-out situation. So if they're that highly rated, you've got to look after them. Does my nothing. Um, surprised after all the talk, uh, Reese says, surprised after all the talk about how great that uh, peak is was uh, and the hype after signing him, we let him go. Yeah, it's the most Cardiff thing ever, mate, isn't it? 
Uh, Will says, Welsh Cup entry won't be first-team players and we can't qualify for Europe, but it'll be a great experience for the youngsters. Yeah, and um, Tommy Tornado says, if we win it, does it go against our tally of 22 Welsh Cups? I'm not sure. Um, in terms of the, like who will play in those games, yeah, yeah, I don't think you'll see a great deal of first-team, but what it does do is you can play the youngsters. Um, one player who I've heard a lot about is Ruben Corwell's um, brother is supposed to be very very good um and he's not you know he's only a few years younger than him but it's getting these players playing uh like because i i just think the under 23s league is just part of shit it's not worth it i just don't think it's good um but you might see players the youth players players who have come back from injury stuff like that who can get a game and, and it's a good competitive fixture that can then help those young players playing at that level, help someone who's coming back from a, a long-term injury get competitive football. Um, Eli King signed a, a new three-year three contract at Cardiff this week, uh, Academy graduate, 20, Wales under 21, asked the international. Uh, had a little loan spell at Crewe last year. Um, he's been with Cardiff since he was under eights. So, you know, he's a, he's a proper... Um, he's a Cardiff boy in it, and like we all want to see these kind of players come through. He's made seven appearances in first team for Cardiff. Again, signed him to a new contract. Is that because he's going to stay with us? Is that because he's going to go back out on loan? This is it. It's it's interesting. Also says in the bottom of that article about uh, Eli King. That uh, Cardiff have, have offered contracts to Mark Harrison for Joel Bagan, um, which I'm sure they announced a few weeks ago that Joel Bagan was gone. So I don't know what's changed there. Um, right, to finish up. Well, she says, not sure about the Welsh Cup. Uh, we don't try in the Cups lately anyway. Also, we can't have the best of both worlds. FA Cup all day for me and Europe through that. Did get to the final recently, remember? Yeah. Yeah, that was painful, wasn't it? Two finals at Wembley in close succession. The Liverpool one is the one that haunts me. Because when Ben Turner scored, I thought our name was on a trophy. And uh, it was just brutal. Like, so the the FA Cup final against Portsmouth is just so, so drunk. And, like, even after we lost... Because I didn't expect us to win. And even after we lost, it was just like a great day. Even though we should have won. I just had a, a wicked day afterwards. But the Liverpool one, maybe because I really have got a quite substantial hate of Liverpool as well. And obviously went into that game expecting us to get absolutely trounced. And then Ben Turner equalises. And I am like like everyone else is going nuts, and I'm just thinking the names on a trophy. This is it, and then oh, I don't even want to think about those penalties. And it just I went home. We we we, we literally just went back straight back to the hotel, and it was just I was so sad, <laughs> brutal. Which is weird, really, because on paper, when you look at those two games, the FA Cup final, we should have should have probably beaten Portsmouth I thought I'll never get over some of the squad selections that day um, but it is what it is 
oh, Tommy uh, Kenny Miller, ten minutes from the end. Oh. Oh, why do we start talking about this, guys? Come on, man. Um, Reese, don't talk about other podcasts in my chat, please. Come on, mate. Come on, bro. Um, Ross McCormack spoke about the player final a week last Sunday. Uh, it seems a lot of the team weren't fans of Bothroyd. Um, Jay is like, I got a lot of time for him. Um, like, he came on the channel and stuff. He didn't have to do that. And I've spoken to him a few times um, over text and stuff still, even, you know, fairly recently. He's a really nice guy. He's really chilled out. I really, really, like, I am... Um, of all the players who I've met and I've, you know, been lucky enough to meet and speak to and stuff, uh, he's one of my favourites, like... Um, and it's interesting because someone else has just mentioned another striker who I had uh, contact with and he was quite the opposite. He was a bit of a fucking prick, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm not going to name him. If you want to look, have a look in the comments, see who else has been named. Um, yeah, well then, Reese, Warriors Ace, Ace Podcast Nation t-shirt to, uh, to the other pods. Good lads. That's what I like to see. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if people within the squad weren't all fans of Jake Boffroyd. He was scoring goals for the team, so they probably liked him from that point of view. But he also he did have a bit of preferential treatment from Dave Jones because Dave Jones knew how to manage him. Um, and I think wrongly, maybe, maybe because I've only had the chance to speak to him, you know, as he's retired and he's whatever, he's playing in Japan and like he's in his older years he's matured a bit maybe he was different back then but like he had this i feel at least from what i know of him this unfair advantage uh, unfair reputation of being like a bit of a a bit of a troublemaker and a bit of a prick and that and i know he made mistakes at arsenal when he was a youngster but i like from his time at cardiff and everything i've heard other people say about him and then my dealings with him and my conversations with him both on the pod and off i can't speak highly enough of him i got a lot of time for him um and like even like um obviously he lives up london way and i was like i'd like to get you on the pod so if you're ever in cardiff and stuff and he said like next time he'll, next time he's down he'll try and pop in and, and come in the studio and stuff he don't have to do that because he gets paid to do podcasts in london so you can't fault him. Um, Tommy Tornado says, I like Jay. Jonathan Davis says, a lot of the team didn't like Chopper or Boffroyd. Basically called him Jay Jones's golden boys. To me, though, right, I thought Dave Jones was quite clever with, with them and some others. I'd probably include Ross McCormack in it as well, who maybe had a bit of preferential treatment or whatever. But I call that managing your squad. Like, if you've got a difficult player, for whatever reason, just not any of those specifically just people generally if you've got a difficult personality to deal with it's your job as the manager to get the best out of them if that means you've got to manage them a bit with like give them a bit of you know molly coddling and build up their ego a little bit and whatever then that's what you do and then you get like how many goals did Boffroyd and Chopper score together? How many have, like with the stats they use these days, how many goal involvements Jack and they had between the two of them in those seasons together? Fucking loads. Um, right. 
guys, I'm going to wrap it up there because I've already gone on much like half hour longer than I said it was going to go. Um, really appreciate you all getting involved. I really do. Please come back next Wednesday for the championship show and the, and the card of chat. But also, I'll be back tomorrow where we'll be talking a more general football, Premier League, Champions League, or just everything. Transfer rumours day, you know. Weekly football live Thursdays. It's going to be good. Yeah, and that's a good point. I'll end on that. Robert Boyle makes a great point. Look at the way Warnock dealt with uh, Abdel Tarabat. Got the best out of him. No other manager got as much out of him, especially a championship. Like that one championship season, that Tarabat and the, um, Warnock was incredible. Um, so there you go. It is what it is. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining me. Please have a look at patreon.com slash nation and sign up because that's what keeps the channel going. Um, join me tomorrow for the Football Weekly. Uh, check out my story on Saturday. And um, see you soon. Jobless. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>